0: This episode is brought to you by Vonage. Your business needs more than an 800 number. With Vonage Voice API, you can provide the call experience your customers expect and get the data your team needs. From call analytics and virtual assistants to automatic speech recognition and text-to-speech in multiple languages, your customer service team can help more people in more places. And with in-app voice, your customers can easily contact you the moment they have a question. Take your calls to the next level with Vonage Voice API. Learn more at Vonage.com.
1: Welcome back to Future Anarchy. I am so excited because we have truly a veteran of our industry here today. I'm excited to learn from her. She's one of the brilliant minds in the beauty industry. And I think these kind of episodes are always some of my favorites because I learned so much and I gained so much insight about this beautiful industry and just, you know, what goes into it, all of the, you know. pieces that come together to really make it what it is. So without further ado, I want to introduce you guys to Noelle Shine, who is a global beauty expert. She's an entrepreneur and she's very experienced in, as a retail concept developer and also the CEO of Buy Partners. So if you you know, that's quite the mouthful Noelle you have so many things on your plate I don't know how you do it <laughs> uh,
0: oh no it's lovely lovely to talk to you and and yeah that is quite a mouthful I think it's uh, it's it's been a long time in the industry and I've worn lots of hats I think that's probably the best way to put it
1: <laughs> yeah and that's really where I want to start is just you talk you know walking us down memory lane and discussing you know your career you've had such a phenomenal um set of experiences and I would love to learn all about it so maybe Maybe you could uh, start us off with like where it all really began how you got you know interested in the beauty industry
0: well yeah I'm really I was always passionate about retail I think and um, started off in Harrods actually and really wanted to be a fashion buyer um, and ended up in cosmetics and toiletries and, and got the bug at, at that point point. Um, and I think well I really learned there was the customer and and really learned how to know just the importance of customer service to to such a high standard and and went on to work in uh, beauty retailing worked with lots of department store groups um, and, and ended up at home in Estee Lauder um, where I got called the maternity cover queen and then, you know when it, whenever there was a gap I'd try and jump in it and learn and I think that's that's really the thing from marketing to advertising to to being their first national accounts manager or one of their first national accounts manager that was an early role and really getting to go to see the overview of the business. Um, so, so yes, so I was there for 11 years, very much in a commercial role by the end. Um, and um, then they started to buy brands and that was the really exciting bit, you know, mm. when they started to buy up some of the brands and working directly with the founders. And I was lucky enough to to work with Joe Malone shortly after um, Estee Lauder bought the brand and, you then get to see absolutely everything it was the start up times of um rather than just doing a silo role that you do in a big corporate company being able to actually get the overview of all of it was invaluable um and certainly invaluable for the way that the industry has taken shape from then
1: absolutely um, wow and i just want to say i am like joe malone's biggest fan by the way so huge <laughs> <she, you> know. <laughs>
0: yeah insanely amazing I remember going to an event and just watching her the way that she would talk to people and just almost mesmerize them with her knowledge and you know it was it was it's fascinating I think to work side by side with with you know a really talented founder who so knows their their subject inside out um teaches you a lot it really does
1: yeah, no, I, I can imagine. And, you know, um, just, you know, you having had all the experience you've had, I mean, I'm very curious, because I'm not going to lie, all no, you know, retail for me is still a big gray area, you know, I don't know much about it. And I, and I always strive to learn, um, you know, more and more, because now, for example, I, I recently hosted a brand, and they went into went, went to Sephora, and they just launched today, actually. And, you know, I always try to figure out like what it takes for a brand to get into retail. And like, you know, um, I would love for you to tell us a little bit more about that side of things in terms of brands, you know, becoming a part of this retail, uh, I guess, huge movement that we've seen over the last decade or so, I think.
0: Yeah, because it's changed so much. <laughs> you know, yeah. so when yeah, it's it's just it's and I think that's where the challenge comes in and brands have to really kind of think so carefully. Um, about what's their first move into their retail partnership. And and it's how I started working with brands, helping develop their distribution. Um, But then as digital has become massively important, I mean, she says that as if nobody knows it, but of course, you know, particularly post-pandemic, it's, you know, it's a real consideration of what's the purpose of everything you do, every product that you make and every partner that you, you know, you choose to work with. Um, And I suppose the biggest thing there is really you've got to know your own story inside out and your reason for being and be able to tell that really clearly to a retailer of your choice, but also knowing their business too. I mean, even back in my early days when I was with Lauder, it it has to be, you know, the way that you even pitch anything has to be an understanding of their business, what will work for them, what will be successful for them. But coming alongside knowing your own story and what are your lines in the sand. Um, You know, because on D2C, you own your customer journey. You know, you own the conversation when you're in social. Once you go and you're working with a retailer, it's wonderful. You can acquire new customers, you learn so much and you partner with them. And that, of course, helps. It's almost, I always say, it's like borrowing an audience. But at the same time, you don't wholly own that relationship in the same way so you know it's important to build great relationships of trust Um,
1: yeah and kind of stay like true to your brand I guess right like in terms of like the story and making sure people because I I can imagine with retail I think it was somebody um, was telling me about how they had to go into the store and it was one of the big retail uh, retailers for beauty products and they were explaining how they had to train, you know, the employees of the retail store and they had to train um, anyone who would be speaking about their products. And it was a very like daunting kind of task because, you know, having to explain exactly what the products really meant and what the vision of the brand was. I mean, I can imagine that being a very, um, I, I guess, you know, interesting step forward for a brand, but definitely, you know, challenging at the same time.
0: Yeah. And and I mean, and that's a that's a, that's a that's a good example actually of things you might not think about that you need, um, yeah. but absolutely building the relationship with the person. It's that moment when the customer meets your product. You know that experience. The more that you can help give the teams in stores the right tools, the more it is going to stay true to your brand. Um, but sometimes. There's so much you want to say, keep it simple, cut, to, cut it down. They've got to learn products from, you know, huge numbers of other brands that they work with. What's going to really stick in their mind and how are they going to want to, yes, love that brand, but also want to do well for you? I think, you know, that's where the personal relationship comes in with all of this in a really big way. They've got to love what you're doing and believe in it, um, but also be able to relate it very quickly.
1: Right, right. Now, tell us more about uh, Vi Partners, Noel. I'm so curious about your company and um, really your mission. With the company, yes,
0: absolutely. So I've um, I have been so lucky to partner with a wonderful co-founder, Ali Carter, um, mm-hmm. because for years I worked by myself, and for anybody that's done that, you know, sometimes it's hard. You really kind of want that person to bounce off. Um, so I've worked with lots of different independent brands, but my background skill set is commercial and brand building um, and real kind of development to scale. Um, Meeting Ali, she added in that brand, the comms, uh, the PR element, the, the, you know, the social understanding as well. So together we are both really passionate about early stage brands. I think, you know, I've worked with over 25 founders now and there is, there are so many new brands come to market and it's very easy to, to not know what you don't know and that can be really expensive Um, and I think there is a passion at the start of the outcome of a journey um, that if you can translate and harness that in a way that thinks about the kind of less romantic things of how it translates into the business model, how is it going to translate into the customer acquisition, then that's where we know we can help either at the start of a journey or the moment that you want to accelerate your business um so yeah we work very personally with a lot of different founders and brands to help take their business to the next level quite simply um you know from a 360 uh, perspective of brand of you know how you trade it where you should distribute how that develops what how much it's going to cost you is always an important question and and where do you find the right investment and what does that right investment look like I mean some of these things we don't all do ourselves personally but we partner with great professionals that we've met over the years to get you to where you want to be um, and help sometimes shape your ideas of what would the right place be what's 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 your big vision and what's the roadmap that you need to embark on to get there
1: Absolutely. And, you know, I actually, you know, want to ask you is, especially with startups, what are some of the things you've noticed? I mean, I don't want to say, you know, I guess, uh, screw ups or like, you know, just mess ups that happen. But uh, what are some of the common mistakes you've seen with a lot of startups or just confusing elements for somebody who's just starting a brand new, you know, uh, you know, a project or a brand and you know they're kind of just lost in this world because i would be i know i would be <laughs> so
0: well, yeah, and I think you know when you're when you're a passionate founder, you've got you know you've often got quite a lot of magic about you, you know, in terms of you being really passionate about your individual idea. But sometimes you've got to stand back. I think the, the primary question is why, <laughs> you know, why and who cares, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And it sounds it sounds harsh, but sometimes you're so caught up in it, it's there's just not enough of a you know big enough market of people that really care about what you want to do to turn it into a business model. So I think really kind of maybe critiquing yourself and bouncing your ideas off other people at the start not too many sometimes sometimes you get overwhelmed with different feedback but enough people that you respect that you know will speak honestly to you but I think the the other part of a great idea and a great product is one thing but it's today businesses need to be a concept Um, you know they need to have uh, that word purpose there needs to be something more that it needs to be more than a product And that can be about the storytelling, um, which is vital. Um, It can be the way the audience can connect with more than just a product. The product just has to be great. I mean, it's kind of got to be a given. Um, But then, how does that translate into a business model? Because I suppose if there's a fall down moment, it's often in the execution where the business has not been planned out um, as well as you possibly can. You've got to get started, yes, but actually trying to think ahead and making sure that you don't get so far and can't get any further. Um, You know, which which happens to there's so many businesses launching, aren't there? And there's a lot that do make it, but a lot that don't. And often they get it so far and it's just stuck because the forward planning um, hasn't, you know, hasn't been done. And it's fine tapping into the right resource to get there.
1: Well, that's so interesting that you say that because I I always like notice that there's always two types of brands at least the ones I've seen you know that that want to come onto my show like you know and, and I speak to the founders either they're very niche or they're very broad and I always wonder like what makes that decision you know for a founder like how do you how do you build a brand that is you know something that a lot more people a lot more a a wider range of consumers can get behind you know like I would love to get your opinion about anyone out there who's you know for anyone out there listening that might want to start a brand in terms of like how do you really build that future vision and what are some of the key concepts we should keep in mind as founders you know before we even get to the point of like you know thinking about retail or thinking about you know mass production or whatnot.
0: Yeah I think there's I mean sometimes you might just want to create a brand and know that it's going to be very specific and very niche but there's a gap there but you you know there's going to be potentially be a wall of where you can take it to and if you really want to be able to scale your brand then you don't have to appeal to anybody you know that's mostly not going to land but you have to think about the the you know making sure you're a you're appealing to enough people who really care enough and mm-hmm. and that why isn't it I always quote Simon Sinek you know you know it's the power of why <laughs> that is really important at the start you know that power of why are you doing this who cares about it but also there is you know do yourself a little mind map that goes inside the customer mind. So you're thinking about that person that's going to buy. How do you want them to feel about your brand? What do you want them to say about the brand? How would they describe your brand? You know, by doing all of those things, you start to to, I suppose, nut down some of the many floating ideas that you that you have. To, to really, um, you know, to get it to a, a much more simplified, clearer place to be able to explain the what it is, you know, and then once you've got to that, you can then think about, well, how am I going to go about this? You know, who, where should I be trading this? Um, why would I trade it here? And trading doesn't just mean distribution. It might mean that you're doing, um, you've got a mechanic in your brand that links a collection of products together, Um, It could be bundles, subscriptions, all of those kind of things. It could be saying, what's the product I want to be famous for? I think that's always a good one. You know, what do you want to be famous for? (laughs) You know, because that becomes a foundation stone for you.
1: Absolutely. No, and especially, you know, now that you mentioned that, like what you would want to be famous for, I want to get your opinion on like what you think of these Uh, this new age of like uh, TikTok influencers and Instagram influencers and how they're really the brand right and they're launching products and stuff so what's your uh, what's your viewpoint on that you know seeing that in the industry now rather than just brand
0: (laughs) well yeah but I think that's you know it's the true test isn't it it's the true test of you know how people can truly engage on a peer, what feels more like a peer-to-peer level. Your brand is creating your brand and ensuring that you've really created something that people see it and know it's you has got to be really important for you to have stand out in the market and actually for all of that audience on social to be able to to know what they're connecting with, but to be able to, to leverage a wider audience in social whatever channel that you might be doing it through and each channel has a different purpose doesn't it but to be able to do that is massively part of why you can start a brand today you know the fact that you can be your own voice the fact that you can get others to be your own voice um, is just so interesting and I've worked with founders who have you know, done that brilliantly. They, you know, they've even co-created their brand with their audience from really early stages, and the engagement level, and the amount of content, and um, you know, growing that audience as a result of their that original team of brand fans is you know is, is amazing. And you couldn't have done that years ago. Um. So I think all it is is a wonderful tool to be able to communicate directly. And obviously things can go wrong and that's down to your custodianship of your own brand, definitely. But you also get in direct response, aren't you? You know, it's, it's kind of really straight back at you.
1: Yeah, it makes sense. And, you know, I, I think I always get a little confused with the influencer industry because I'm, i am it's a lot for me to keep up with. <laughs> Not going to lie, but, yes. you know. I think there's definitely a lot of really great gems, especially when it uh, comes to beauty. I I interviewed a brand, I would think about a month ago, and they were uh, very much founded on this, this same idea of, you know, they were originally, the founder was an influencer and she had a great following and she created some really great products. You know, it wasn't just like fluff. It was really, really cool stuff. And, you know, I remember speaking to her and just being like, wow, you know, this, and she, you know, she even mentioned, she was like, you know, I got the idea from the people following me. It was yeah. like, you know, they get this feedback and it's like this real time exposure to beauty enthusiasts and consumers and they're getting all of this information. So I can imagine a lot of great brands budding from that. So it's very yeah. interesting.
0: Yeah, um, most definitely.
1: Now, now I want to, you know, I want to ask you a little bit more about that next step for a brand, you know, say like somebody has created a brand, it's doing great, you know, they've got their niche customer base. And, um perhaps they're not considering retail yet, but they want to look at um, you know investors and they want to get people to invest in them what is you know um what is the standard procedure for that if there is any you know um any any advice you can offer for people that might be on that level of their journey
0: well i think I think the first thing is to make sure you are investable, you know, so that is you know about you know really ensuring that your 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 business model can scale so it comes back down to the nitty-gritty of your of your costs of your um you know of of what your product costs and you can actually develop out a wider wholesale distribution should that be what you wish to do but also what's your engagement level How, how much do people get care so You know, investors will definitely be looking at um, your audience, your engagement level, how you're acquiring them, where are they, who are they, all of those things are massively important, even if you haven't quite scaled yet. But also, how unique is your idea? Um, And it doesn't need to be some kind of crazy new technology or anything like that, but how much does it stand out? Is it a white space or is it just a space that no one's articulating particularly well? um you know is 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 very much another thing um and then you know who's on the team that can make it happen <laughs> you know um all of those things um are really important and sometimes it's just about getting out there and starting to have some conversations there are lots of angel investor groups um there are lots of mentoring opportunities you know in you know cosmetics um groups I'm, i've I've done some mentoring with CW in the UK I'm working with an amazing young founder who's done so much, um, you know, and kind of talking to her about what does she need to get in line in order to enable her to get to the next stage. Um, so there's a multitude, multitude of things really dependent upon your brand, but making sure you are investable in that you have an audience that is engaged, a business model that can scale um, and, you know, then just starting the conversation and a unique positioning, a positioning that has some standout and a story that connects. Hi. Sorry, there's lots of things there, isn't there? <laughs> no, lots there of, not a succinct answer. <laughs>
1: it really makes sense because I'm trying to think like, you know, if I was an investor and if I really wanted to put money down for a brand and really help them in a monetary way, you know, what are the things I look for And that you really hit it on you know, nail on the head there. I mean, it makes sense because if you don't know what you're about, then how are you going to explain to somebody else you know who is going to give you money so you really have to nail that portion down that makes complete sense to me um you know i just think that a lot of times you know at least for me you know just having had this podcast people reach out to me a lot about these kind of questions and that's exactly why i host experts such as yourself because i don't have those answers and some of those questions are around these uh these things like you know well how do you how do you go about getting an investment you know or an investor in your project or how do you go about getting into retail and and I'm like I don't know (laughs) I know and and I have
0: to yeah I have to say nothing nothing's easy in a way I think it's it's a bit like you know there's there's been so many startups and so many amazing successes it looks it looks as if yes I can do that and you can but the other component is hard work because it's not it's not easy and you kind of have to get through every day sometimes you it's like you, know, you can be rejected multiple times when you're trying to make it I, I always used to say look for something good in every day and that way you keep going um, and I think you know um that 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 conversation about the the most powerful ingredient you can have or personality trait you can have as a as an entrepreneur is perseverance you know that that really plays out and then just go for it
1: no? Yeah, no, that makes sense. That makes total sense. And actually when I actually want to, you know, ask you as, as my big roundout question is, what do you think the future of beauty is in terms of brands and, you know, where we're headed? Because I know that there's a lot of skincare, there's a lot of makeup, and there's a lot of just, I guess, newer concepts, but I'm very curious to see where you think the, the industry is evolving, you know, and what it's evolving into
0: hmm that's that's such a big and brilliant question because <laughs> there, there has been so much change what I find fascinating I think from beauty versus five or even ten years ago is how much bigger a category it is now you know and I think everything that we've been through in the world and everything that so many people care about with sustainability the planet kindness whether it's to you or to other people has made that beauty which has always been a more intimate category in a way it means more emotionally has turned into something that isn't just about the obvious products anymore but it's blurring in a way into wellness into self-care into health and even into fitness it's really expanding as a category and yes skincare has had a surge I think hair care is having you know a huge surge right now through the skinification and you know more products so there are some specific things that are going on but I think that that kind of consideration of beauty becoming so much more in terms of not just how it makes me look do- but how it makes me feel um, and is, is is opening the doors to so much innovation in terms of the way that brands can extend their footprint or new brands can start up with great specialism but I think expertise within all of that is another real key thing you know some of the expert authority to own some of those messages is also really important and how to turn that expertise into a brand that people can trust is is interesting um, let alone all the things that are happening in the metaverse and <laughs> and experiential digital and things like that that i think will also take some of those elements
1: forward faster yeah no i'm very confused about the metaverse i'm not gonna lie to you, yeah everybody I- is <laughs> i i heard this term first you know noel i'm not gonna lie to you i i heard it first when i was uh looking at some stocks to invest in and i was like oh the metaverse okay and i'm i grew up as a gamer and i was like oh this is yeah. cool. it's virtual reality you know and then i started hearing in the beauty industry it's like what in the heck like how is this, how is this applicable to industry but now i guess it's really taking off so i'm very curious to see you know where that lands and uh, how it fits in <laughs> yeah
0: i mean I, I just think about it as
1: digital experience
0: you know how can you if your customer who used to shop physically with you is now shopping online how do you evolve that that experience with multi-sensory how can you add that's almost a first base to me is is the real digital experience how you can create a deeper relationship online Um, And there's, yeah, there's lots of different ways I think that that will start to come through, um, whether it's through new technologies, whether it's through VR, or whether it's just through content that moves you. Um, I think all of that has a place.
1: I'm excited to see it. I'm excited to see the future of that. That's definitely going to be very interesting to see how it impacts not only uh, consumers, but definitely brands, you know, and their strategy and how they move forward with, um, you know, just kind of, I guess, targeting consumers. That's It's definitely an interesting area. But Noel, I want to thank you so much. You've been so lovely to host and I've learned so much from you. And um, I would love you know for you to come back any time and share your wisdom with us again and um you know any new projects you have on the horizon i'd love to hear about as well so
0: oh brilliant no thank you it's always good to talk about these things um and you know very passionate about the industry and the opportunities so great to
1: chat thank you Thank you. And everyone listening, if you have any questions for Noel's team, please leave them in the comment section. We'll definitely pass them along. And um, for all the new brand founders out there, I hope you guys learned something from this episode. And um, if you like our show, make sure to give us a five-star rating and a review on Spotify or Apple podcasts, um, wherever you tune in. So thank you so much. And I will be back next time. Thank you.